I'm the assistant director there, and I also assist with a lot of the educational programs. Um, so I do a little bit, I get to do a little bit of everything there. Um, I get to assist with collections and archives. Um, I do a lot of administrative type work. And um, the fun part is the educational programs. And the great thing about working with Loren is if you have an idea, she lets you run with it. So, you know, we get to be really creative there and coming up with new programs. Um, so I do virtual programs now because everything is virtual. But before it was um, putting together our, our events like Strawberry Thanksgiving and Cranberry um, Nicomo, what kind of activities we would have during the day, um, coming up with Children's Hour, um, what kind of programs we would have for the kids, um, and new, um, new tours and, and um, new exhibits and all of those things that really allows you to be creative. Um, whatever you can think of, she kind of lets you run with it. Um, so that's, that's a lot of what I do, trying to put together different programming, um, uh, lectures and um, book talks and all that kind of stuff, uh, connecting with people from the community to come in and bring their skills and teach new things, um, community workshops, art workshops, things of that nature. Um, so that's the fun part of the job, uh, the not so much paperwork part of the job, but I like to be behind the scenes. So um, I'm usually the person that arranges and puts things together and then she has to get out and present it all. <laughs> so you do a lot with children's programming. Uh, I mean, obviously you love children. You have uh, five children. Uh, you and your husband have five children. Just talk about some of the programming and, and just children in general. I mean, who doesn't love children, right? <laughs> um, they are what make life so much fun because everything is new and exciting for them. So it doesn't matter what you present to them. They're happy and they're excited. And that, that keeps you energized and makes you feel good and, and keeps you going. Um, so... Some of the programming that I really enjoy doing, um, I have a, an interest in traditional uses of indigenous plants. Um, I like to learn as much as I can about the things that are growing around us and how it can be used. Um, to me, it's like free stuff that if you know what it is and how to use it, you don't have to pay for it. And I love that idea. So I do a lot of nature walks at the museum, teaching kids about um, different plant uses, how they would have been used traditionally and how you can still use them now. Um, I especially like things that are edible. So learning about what plants are edible and trying it out and giving kids a chance to try it. Um, I wrote a story for the museum called um, Make Me a Salad, which is about how you can find all kinds of um, wild um, greens and weeds right in your yard and throw them in together to make a delicious salad. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and and that, that's plants in, here in Rhode Island, is that correct? Yep, plants right here in Rhode Island. Great. Um, like broadleaf plantain and um, sorrel. There's a couple of different types of sorrel um, that, you know, they're tasty. They kind of have a sour taste, so they taste good in your salad. Um, things like, uh, I really like... Um, uh, berries before they turn into berries, like blueberry flowers. Um, they add a nice tang. Um, oh, clover, wow. 
greens and clover greens. So when you throw all those things in, and I like to really talk about what plants were traditionally here before European contact and what plants um, came over with people by accident a lot of the times and um, how those have been adopted into our diets and and what they're good for, their health benefits. So that's that's kind of a fun thing to talk about. Things that people consider weeds that you can eat. And they're not that bad. One of the pillars of indigenous culture, not just here in Rhode Island, but really around the world, is respect for earth. Just talk about that. So our mother earth, it's the greatest resource that we have. It's literally, um, we cannot survive without a healthy earth. Um, without the soil being good for growing and what it produces that nourishes our body without the waters being clean for us to drink. Our survival as human beings is totally dependent upon having a healthy earth. So, you know, I, I think that's why it's so important for us to learn to respect the earth, to learn um, how to nourish her and how to help her to grow and remain healthy and whatever little changes that we can make big or small, it's, it's of a benefit. And so, and it's something that everybody needs to be a part of because, um, you know, as, as good as one person does to try to protect and, and maintain things, if everyone's not on board, um, you, you know, this is how we still end up with pollution and global warming and climate change and all of these things that are happening. So we, we absolutely, um, you know, need to come together as a community, as, as human people, um, that we, that, you know, we depend on this earth. Um, we've got to all come together and it's a great unifying thing we can come together around that can heal us all. Um, so we were, you know, we grew up being taught to respect the earth because we needed everything from it. And so the better you take care of it, the better it will take care of you. That's a great message, uh, obviously, for all people anywhere. Talk about the rewards of spreading joy and happiness, which you seem to do in, in, in spades in, in all your work and in your personal life. I had the happiest dad in the world. I know you know my father, Reverend Roland Mars, was my father. And he just exuded love and joy and happiness to everyone around him. I don't think I ever saw him not in a good mood. Um, even when he had tears, they were just tears of love, like he cared for people. And my mom was always right there by his side, just uplifting people, praying for people. So I grew up surrounded by love and a very warm and happy family that we all take care of one another. So I have a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. And I think there's no better way um, to... I can't dwell on negative things because negative things are all around us. And I do get down. I can be very negative too, but um, I don't like to stay in those, in those spaces because it's not going to help things get better. So I try to think of ways that we can improve and, and what I can do as an individual to improve a situation. And if it's just changing my attitude that can help it to improve and that's why I'm, I love Christmas. Christmas makes us happy. It's just a joyful time of year. It's my favorite. Everything about Christmas and I get crazy. I love the music. I love the lights. I love the decorations just because it all feels good and it makes people happy to look at. So I can't, I can't put out enough Christmas stuff on my Facebook. <laughs> I, 
I start early. I start celebrating Christmas in like September and everybody hates me because I'm already playing the music and I'm already planning. And But it just is a happy, good feeling time of year. So I want the most of it that I can have. <laughs> well, thanks, Silver Moon. Uh, thanks for being a great presence uh, in our community and our state. 